0: Please be seated. Kings, gods, and snow angels. Today is the feast of Christ the King, when we recall Jesus' radical expression of kingship so unlike the worldly one. A kingship of submission, letting go of earthly power and authority, offering himself for the healing of the world. Lifted up on a cross, looking for all the world like a complete failure, a total Loser. Only after resurrection, ascension, and the witness of his disciples is Jesus fully recognized as King, Lord of the nations, all the nations, not just of Israel, not just of the United States of America. On this day, when we celebrate this king, I am thinking about the act of prostration. That's stretching out in a prone position on the floor, on the ground as a gesture of submission, of reverence. It's a practice not too common in our day and age. There are times when some of us bow from the waist down, perhaps before the altar or at the name of Jesus or after the breaking of the bread. But lying face down on the floor or ground, not so much. In ancient times, people fell on their faces before kings to honor them or because they feared them. And people fell prostrate before God. This practice is found in the first book of the Bible, the last book, and most of the books in between. I won't list them all, but here are a few. When God made a covenant with Abraham, Abraham fell face down before God. Moses fell prostrate before God for 40 days and 40 nights, praying for mercy for the Israelites. Joshua fell face down before God after a lost battle. And David, after he had sinned. Job fell to the ground in worship after he had lost everything. In the New Testament, you can hardly get through a chapter of the Gospels without somebody falling at the feet of Jesus. A Samaritan, a prostitute, a synagogue ruler, a leper, a woman in mourning, a demon-possessed man, to name just a few. Saul, later renamed Paul, falls to the ground before the risen Jesus. In the book of Revelation, the twenty-four elders leave their thrones and fall on their faces to worship God. In our day, prostration is sometimes done at ordinations. It wasn't at mine, and Donald told me it wasn't as his either. I was part of a very large group, there were at least 14 or 15 of us, and I imagine that trying to figure out how to position us all lying face down on the floor of the cathedral was a little bit challenging. But I wonder how many of us found another time and place to do this, prostrating ourselves before God in gratitude for our vocation, overwhelmed by, my, by what might lie ahead, a gesture of surrender to the God we longed to serve this week i have found myself wondering about other ways we prostrate ourselves both literally and figuratively and this is where snow angels come in how many of you have made a snow angel just in case you don't know it's when you come across a patch or a field of freshly fallen snow and you lie down on your back and you wave your hands like this, and you do your feet like this, and then when you get up, you have the image of an angel. Although we don't lie face down, but rather on our backs, it's a kind of abandonment or adoration for the beauty of that quiet, untouched new snow. Lying on one's back, looking heavenward, and giving thanks to the creator of such a world. Maybe, if you haven't made a snow angel, you've done something like it in a meadow, or at the beach, or beneath a starry sky. There are also moments when I have figuratively prostrated myself, when present at the birth of a baby, or at the bedside of someone dying. When someone has shared the secrets of their lives, the struggles of their souls, the dreams and longings of their hearts, moments of beauty and holiness, moments to fall down before, moments when we know there is a creator, a king who holds all this and more. And we know that our greatest desire is to serve this king. Our family friend Dan, the son of a longtime friend of mine, did prostrate himself at his ordination to the priesthood. Dan completed both seminary and medical school at Yale concurrently. By the time he was ordained to the priesthood, he was also in the midst of his medical residency program. After the service, my friend, his mother, said she had been concerned. She knew about the long hours and the sleep deprivation, and she was worried that once he was in that position, he just might fall asleep. Dan's sister, Rachel, who is also a doctor, was quick to reassure her mother. Oh, no worries, I was counting his breathing rate. If it had dropped too low, I would have given him a kick. Knowing the history of these two siblings, I think she might have been a little disappointed that the kick wasn't needed. After prostrating ourselves before the holy other, After the acknowledgment, after the worship, after the adoration, there comes a time to get back up and get to work, a time to go into the world to serve and love, to forgive and heal as our King Jesus did. In today's Gospel, Jesus tells us to bow down to the hungry, the thirsty, the sick, the imprisoned, the naked, the stranger, as if we were bowing down to Jesus himself, to the king of all creation. At the end of my yoga classes, Our teacher says, put your hands together, put your thumbs on your chest, and then she says, I bow to the divine in you. Namaste, and thank you for sharing your practice. Yoga is a practice. Bowing before God is a practice. Prostrating ourselves before the divine in each other is a practice. Serving God loving Jesus in each other takes practice Today we celebrate the feast of Christ the King a King who washes our feet and feeds us with his own body and blood a King who forgives the one hanging next to him on the cross Those who do not know what they are doing and all of us. A king who saves us by not saving himself. Here at last is a king worthy of falling down before, prostrating ourselves before, making snow angels for, getting up and going into the world for, even if sometimes it takes a loving kick to get us following in his royal.